Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. I'm your host, Maddox Campbell. Joining me today, we have Kirk McCullough. Hey there. And Rachel Manson. Hello. And what we're doing this time is doing a movie review of Freaky Friday, the 2000 version with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis, because there have been a lot of versions of this over the days. Amazing. Uh, and I'll just get us started talking about our experience with this film. I don't think I'd seen it since the days of blockbuster rentals with my family. Uh, and I rewatched it this time. You know what? It went. It, it's a Disney film, but it was, it had some good heart wrenching bits in the near the end. Um, so I'm going kind of enjoyed. Yeah. What about uh, what about you, Kirk? Well, I used to work for a cruise ship company, and what would happen is every once in a while, I would work in the teen section. So we would have teen movie nights, and this was a staple of the teen movie nights uh, in between 2004 and 2005. So. I had probably seen this movie a good dozen or more times before revisiting it a couple days ago. And because of that, I was worried because you never know how things are going to hold up 17 years later. But overall, yeah, there's some clunky bits. There's some mildly problematic bits. Some oh, more than mildly there's problematic. very problematic yeah, bits. Yeah, I was going to say, there's some more than problem, mildly <laughs> problematic bits. We're going to um, have to but address overall, the Oh, we totally have to address the racism. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> it, it deserves its own time. There's racism. We'll there. There's slut shaming. There's oh basic elder abuse. There's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, but that, but that being said, it mostly holds up and is an enjoyable movie mm-hmm. by 2003 standards. What about you, Rachel? Now you both have very, very diplomatic and legitimate answers for like how 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 many times you've seen it and why. <laughs> I have seen this movie so many times. I have the entire film on DVD. I have watched all of the DVD extras, special features, and interviews. I have watched extended uncut scenes. And before this <laughs> podcast, I already watched this during quarantine. <laughs> I watched this, about, I'm going to say about a month before now, just just to catch up. Just to catch up on, on my fate. I, other than, again, clunky, real clunky bits. The racism is absurd but i'm gonna say that other than that other than the disney of it all um i absolutely love this movie so much and i think like 98 percent of that is because of the incredible performance we got from jamie lee Curtis. like this movie rides on her shoulder the performances are very strong she is excellent and not only that fun behind the scenes a uh, little tidbit, guys. In the Battle of the Bands scene, where Lindsay Lohan has to do a guitar solo and Jamie Lee Curtis uh, does it from behind the curtains. Yeah. That is actually Jamie Lee Curtis. She learned the guitar for this solo and that is her actually playing. No way. She's a fucking badass. She's insanely I, cool. I don't doubt it because Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, is one of the most underrated actresses of our generation of any generation like i think she should have gotten way more roles and way more play in a lot more films just because she is so good in everything i see her in so that surprises me but at the same point in time doesn't surprise me i think the part of that that surprises me is that you said that she learned it rather than they just placed a guitar in her hands and it just a solo came out that's what i would have thought would be a more likely outcome. Jamie. But, okay. She learned it. Jamie Lee Curtis like, like felt the music in her heart and she's like, oh my God, roll the cameras. Roll the cameras. <laughs> Just roll it's it now. Happening. Roll it now. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I... I was going to say, are you only giving 2% to Lindsay Lohan though? Uh, you're right. She does... 
ultimately she deserves more and i can't leave out the the adorable chad michael murray or the members of her band oh I really, oh i wanted to be like the goth chick so badly when i watched this film <laughs> i wanted to be her so badly she had zero personality Wait, who, who's the adorable person you mentioned chad michael murray is the, it the boy toy is that oh okay that i is think chad i think his name was jake yes his name was jake. i don't know that guy at all that is oh he was not the person who registered with me as like I mean, maybe oh, was he a crush of yours at, at, at a more age-appropriate time? Because to me, I was like, yeah, uh, stock Disney hot guy number three. No, 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 didn't, no. He was, he was fine. Like, he did good in this, but I didn't. he didn't stand out to me as someone I knew. He was like a state. Like, people had his poster, like, posters of him in there. And not just because of this film. I think, oh, God, he was either on One Tree Hill or Dawson's Creek. I don't remember which one. But I th- It was One Tree Hill. He was, was definitely One Tree Hill. Tree Hill. Yes. Um, he was, but he was a, like hot boy staple of the time he was like a uh i don't know why this is only coming in my head but like a jesse mccartney if you will but even that's like a singer that's not an actor but um Uh. yeah he was he was a big deal at the time um lindsay lohan did a fair job she did an excellent job totally fair i just i think jamie lee curtis is operating she she did she did fine she did fine doing what she was doing yeah. yeah she's she's yeah, she didn't have to show a lot of range. Okay, I, I will. Ask, if you're the big fan of this, Rachel, maybe you can clarify. Yes. How old is the Jake character supposed to be? Because I am confused ex- by this. An excellent question, because it is alluded that he is way too old to be with her, like more than once. I've had to do some intense, like, mathematics to make sure that this was okay, because he works at the school. So. <laughs> Which is, yeah, no, so she is, I, oh, they say her age. I can't remember if she's 15 or 16. I think they said 16. I think Because she has her, uh, she has her permit for driving. Exactly, which would, okay. Oh, right, so, but that, make her about 16, That yeah. would be 16 or 15, but he works at the school. So you could, you could be graduated high school at 17. Exactly. So but if, but he would have to have been hired with like no post-secondary education at all to be a teacher. And he's not, Which I, to be fair, what? he is not a teacher. He's not a teacher at the school. That should be very clear. I yeah, because he he's is, a competent individual, unlike every single teacher at that yeah. school. Oh my God, <laughs> so true. Was that Steven Topolowski? I don't remember his, no, it wasn't. Oh, it's the other guy. He was in um, Sneakers. No, 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 it was Steven Topolowski, Mr. Bates. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Oh my god, I'm so impressed with myself that I got that off of that. Um, guys, compliment <laughs> me. Um, no, I'm impressed too. I have IMDb right next to me to just a reference name. So the <laughs> fact I, that you knew that off the top of your head, boom. Yeah, and I have a blanket over my head, so I, I that came straight <laughs> from my brain. Um, but yes, uh, he's not a teacher. He is either like a, like a teaching assistant, or more realistically, I think he's a janitor. I think that's what they're going for, some I sort of custodian thing. Yeah, I think yeah. it's that. Even though he looks like a guy in a band, I don't know why uh, everyone in the school isn't. Talking but he wasn't. He wasn't like wearing coveralls. He was like carrying books around, and he had access to the teacher lounge. He had access to the test sheets. I feel like that's he, he was some sort of teacher point. assistant, yeah. oh, teacher assistant, or co-op, or, or yes, yeah, something like that. So I think it's gray area that he's like he's not a high school student old. Um, but he's not like crazy old, but it's I, yeah, super gross. Exactly. But it's just kind of like I think it's kind of it's kind of like that when you give someone a side eye, but you don't quite get mad at them yet. Yeah, exactly. Like I think <laughs> I think they go out of their way to be like it's legal. Yeah, <laughs> it's everything here is. A- but that's not where you should be starting with with a family <laughs> film. Exactly. This is legal, everyone. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. I think they do that because like 
there's that nice comedic moment where like she approaches her mom and she's like, there's this guy. And his, her mom's like, oh, okay, tell me about the guy. And he's like, I met him in detention. He's an adult man. He has a motorcycle. He's not 16. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah. well, fuck me. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was just going to transition us to talking, I guess, a bit about the magic in this. Cause you know, that's what my point is about is about magic and try, trying to put this into like the magic wish. It, the, the one thing that they do say that is kind of like the magic wish to this is they wish to be able to understand each other and wish to get in each other's heads. Yes. And then they do the swapping. And so uh, they do, I guess, uh, relive each other's lives and thus get in each other's heads. Yeah. I guess we'll say, like, do we think that this was a effective way of doing the magic's job? Was, were they really living each other's lives if they were both doing it so poorly? You know what I mean? That- or doing it so differently from the way that they wanted it done they had such different goals when they were in each other's lives did they truly get in each other's heads that's an excellent point that i never thought about before with the fact that like they're not truly understanding each other because they're just living the other's life as if it was their own it's not till the end where the mom is like oh i guess your music is a real thing and then the daughter <laughs> being like i guess my it's crazy that the the mom has to make the leap of like yeah your music is pretty real and then the daughter has to make the leap of, my stepfather is an okay replacement for my dead father. Like, that is <laughs> miles differentiation. Yeah. Yeah, and, and both of them seem like they could have been achieved by less extreme measures. Obviously, the movie's going to take the more extreme route, because that's a more interesting story. But I feel like, rather than spending a whole day in each other's shoes, they could have just been like, all right, you experience just the rock concert bit, and you experience... Just spending a day with your stepdad and getting to know him. Well, I think that's why the movie started to feel so weird near the end. Like it it literally got almost into RPG side quest territory. Once you start getting to like, let's go to Harry's parent teacher interview. Let's go to the rock concert. Let's go to the rehearsal dinner. Let's go to the bike. We're crossing through the teacher's lounge, but don't move your controller too much or you're going to set off alarms. Like (laughs) it gets complicated to, to the extreme there. Um, but you know what? The, they definitely do pay off this whole thing at the start of the movie because they have that moment where um, they're at, I think they're still at the dinner table where Lohan goes at her and is saying, oh, you're, your perfect life with your perfect boyfriend and your perfect clients, which I love that yeah. line because <laughs> if, there's, if, there's one thing, if there's one thing a teenage daughter knows about, it's the clients that her mother has in her psychiatric practice. So like, that's just dinner table conversation. And sort of by definition, you're not perfect if you're going to a psychiatrist. Like, I'm not saying there's anything yeah, wrong with no. you, but like, you're getting help for something. Yeah. That's so true. But it's so funny how in like 2003, this punk rock teenager is like, oh, you with your perfect psychiatric therapist practice. Yeah. <laughs> and me with my rock band. I have the harder life. Like, it's so dumb. Like, she could have said so many, she could have gone so many other routes. It's almost as if like the movie setting up like, okay, these are the beats they have to pick. Cause like later on she has to oh. be a therapist to other people. And like the, the movie has to be like, all right, what are the fucking beats? We got to lay them out. So the movie is them. 100% numbering the colors that have to be put into the painting. Like it is, oh. it is so <laughs> formulaic in that first 15 minutes uh, that yeah. like, it's, it's just almost mind numbing. And if it didn't get better and you're right, if it weren't for the fact that like a Jamie Lee Curtis own the fact of trying to be a teenager in a middle-aged woman's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, Lohan was really good as like, you know, just a mature young adult. Like I hated her at the start of the movie, but then at the start of it, I'm like, oh, you're a teenager who's supposed to be a brat. Okay, I guess I'm supposed to just viscerally kind of hate you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has to grow and, and yeah. 
She's got to suck to grow. Yeah. It's so, yeah. It's so funny because like when Lindsay Lohan starts as the teenager and we like get to know her and you're like, oh, you're kind of a dick. And then yeah. they switch bodies immediately. I like Jamie Lee Curtis better as the, even though it's supposed to be like an unchanged personality of who was in Lindsay Lohan. Like I immediately like her better as Jamie Lee Curtis. Like once Jamie Lee Curtis is start like a teenager and like making jokes and shit, I'm like, okay, this person rocks. But that's not who Lindsay Lohan was. And I, I think I know what the difference is. It's how they deal with being in each other's bodies. Because totally. when the, the daughter is in the mother's body, her approach is like, I don't know how to be an adult. I'm just going to like, I'm being overwhelmed. I'm just sort of reacting as best I can. So that's kind of likable. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just reacting. When the adult is in the daughter's body, she's trying to run the daughter's life yeah. from yes. having hijacked her body. Like she's making choices that she wants from that perspective rather than just being impulsive and being flawed. Yeah, and that totally fits her MO, Maddox. I mean, she is from the oh, very it does, start but of the it, movie, a controlling character. Totally. And it all But it, it's 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 so much less likable and more unethical of an approach to do of, of how to achieve that goal, right? Yeah, it's so true because it's being flawed versus being actively trying to control. Yes, because especially like Jamie Lee Curtis, once it's once she's the teenager, is like oh, we've switched bodies for the day. We have no fucking idea what this is, how we got there or what to do. We should both take the day off. And the and the daughter was like, of course not. You're going to go and pretend to be me and I'm going to go pretend to be Like, what? no one in real life would do. Everyone would be like, no, we're both staying the fuck home because this is nuts. <laughs> so like, why would you go to high school and pretend to be yeah. a teenager while I go and pretend to be a therapist where I could cause permanent damage to adult minds? Well, Rachel, it's because Disney set up like really high, low stakes for the movie. It's like, oh, you have yeah. to go and take this exam today because God forbid you say you're sick and your mom writes you a note and says... Like you can defer yeah. it or, you know, a oh rehearsal dinner. Like I've been married. Rehearsal dinners <laughs> are not that I've been married. I still am married. Let me put it to you that way. <laughs> You've went to the like, oh of marrying a thing. I haven't been like, through oh so God, many rehearsal right? dinners, guys. It's great. Quarantine's been rough. Quarantine's been rough. I was going to say, like, is um, quarantine okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, but yeah, rehearsal dinners are so, so not a thing to get stressed out about. So that was one of those things this time around watching it as someone who's gone through the process of being married, uh, you know, Oh, you know, it's, it's my big important day. It's like, well, no, your wedding the day after is your (laughs) big important day. Like the rehearsal dinner. And literally you see it in the movie, their rehearsal dinner, there was no rehearsing. They didn't go through the game plan of who was standing where, which is something you do in a rehearsal dinner and the rehearsal the day before they literally just sat at a table. Everybody ate in a really, really fancy LA establishment. Good for yeah, them. Jesus She's making bank. They are making yeah. bank. That place yeah. is like a revolving restaurant at the top of a fucking like monument. Oh my God. <laughs> Where were they? Right. Then, well, very close to the house of blues. I was just, yeah, there was one, <laughs> you know how the punk rock one house of away. blues. <laughs> it's right next to the really fancy dining it's place. Next yeah. to the glass revolving restaurant in the Four Seasons. Like, it's crazy. Because nothing adds to the ambiance of your fancy restaurant like a very loud rock concert happening <laughs> across the street. You got Wango Tango posters in the elevator, oh the concierge is handing out wristbands. It's great. It's so yeah. funny. I don't remember where I read this, or maybe it was a stand up comic who's, oh, fuck, I wish I could cite it, but somebody had a great joke about the fact that, like, Teenage movies misled me to think that Battle of the Bands happened all the time. Like, that's just a a staple of being a person in high school is at some point, you need to be in the Battle of the Bands. That's so funny. 
And yet I, here I am, an adult, and I've never battled with a band. I've never had to battle in a band. But that being said, I do really like the equivalent of when Jamie Lee Curtis has to go on, what's it, like the Dottie Roberts show. The Dottie Roberts show. Oh. Oh, I love that. I thought that (laughs) was such a good scene. Like old people. Got it, got it, got it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I thought that scene was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, and she shouldn't be mad because she was selling mad books. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not her brand or whatever, but she was going to make bank off that interview for sure. She signed that guy's butt. Like, she's making fucking dollars. Not the career-killing interview that that she said it was in her alter ego. So dumb. Though also, like, that is the one thing that we can hold against the new dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the... I think his name is Ryan. Ryan. Uh, what? You, you forgot his name? You forgot such a strong <laughs> character's name? So true. I just keep on wanting to call him Jethro from Navy Seals. Oh, my God. <laughs> and CIS, NCIS. Does Mark Harmon yeah. have an acting range? That's what I'm wondering because, like, no. I don't think I've ever seen a more one-note performance. Like, I'm, I'm not you – know, obviously, the movie's got some problematic stuff, but let's just gender swap this for a second. Yeah. If it was a dad and a son – uh, in the in the Freaky Friday roles where they switched up, mm-hmm. and Mark Harmon's character was female, such a hardcore fail of any sort of Bechdel test right there. Like literally, no character development, nothing so, going on in the guy's head. Like you could, he didn't even need to be there for the movie, other than to receive the speech at the end. Like they could have skyped him in. It was they could have skyped him. <laughs> but it's also also he has to have that moment where he tells Jamie Lee Curtis as the daughter. I let I want Anna, the teenager, to like me on her own terms, and I don't think her band is stupid. And you're painting me in this like stepfather picture. But that being said, he has given us no proof throughout the entire film that she yes. is this this four dimensional character. Yes, one hundred percent. How dare you paint me with this brush? And the movie's like, we haven't seen anything else from you, so yeah. Give us no one well, and what I was going to say is one thing that we do see from him is that he thinks it's a good idea to, as a surprise present, yes. have you go on air oh for a TV interview to promote your book and blindfold you on your way there so you have no time to prep whatsoever. On your special day. On your special day. On your special day. Like that is such an insane, nice thing to think you're doing for someone. But that's also an insane- Let them know. Yeah, that's an insane thing to do of like, hey, this might fully tank your career if you're not ready, but I want to seem like a really good boyfriend. So blindfold on. Surprise. for sure. And then like she has- I'm going to blindfold you into the studio. Oh God. And let me just say, and I'm going to say- Something that might be controversial, but let's find out. Um, the, <laughs> it's not actually, given the racism in this film, it's not controversial. The date, which we will talk about, but the date between, you know when she goes to the coffee shop where Jake oh. just happens to also be working? Yep. Yeah. Where Jamie Lee Curtis goes on like a pseudo date with him. The two of them had more sexual and romantic chemistry <laughs> than Lindsay Lohan ever had with this boy. I oh, 100%. To the point, yeah, I know it's that's not like controversial. It's true. <laughs> so true. The beginning when we yeah. were too, like when they were first both flirting, I was like, "Oh, this is this seems forced." And then later yeah. on, it was like Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm like, "Oh, this woman knows how to work a man, and this man wants an adult, like mature woman. <laughs> Let's yeah. get this couple going. Your your fucking fiance is a, a bowl of bread, like truly." But you know what? The, the funny thing about all that is like they're so, so permissive at the end of Lohan getting together with Jake. And all I'm thinking is, all I'm thinking is you literally just found out that 
posing as your mother for a day, this guy will so quickly do a 180 degree flip and go after someone who is not you um, because he thinks yeah. you're older, you're cooler, whatever. So you know that that's part of his MO. But then also yeah. mom knows that, that that this guy is just so willing to just flake and flip out and like go after the cool older woman at the drop of a hat. But then not only that, immediately go back to the younger woman because he saw her play guitar at a bar. <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I'm sorry, like Jamie Lee, if there is a time, if there is a time test Coleman for you to get out there and tell your daughter, I don't think this is the right guy. This yes. is the time. It's so, that is such a good point. That it literally, even like at the base level, and it's, it's, it has that horrible line when they're at the dance floor and he's like, yesterday was freaky. And you're like, yeah, come oh, on, yeah. oh. Like this guy, wanted to fuck, <laughs> this guy wanted to fuck your mom yesterday. What the fuck yes. is going on? Yes. But let's kiss okay. and make it all good. Let's, make, it's a Disney let's movie. make out in front of my mom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But quickly before can my band plays. Can I, yeah. can I conspiracy theory it for you then? Please. Do it. So the reason the mom is so on board with this guy mm. is because uh, she knows that if at any point her boring new husband Whoa. is too boring and she wants a boy toy, her daughter's going to have a boy toy around that she knows she can get. Wow. He's into her. I... That's like as manipulative as Lindley, Lindsay Lohan's real mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is dark. And, Lin- that is so dark. and I would say Lindsay Lohan's character is like the reason the chemistry doesn't come across as much in her scenes with him yeah. is because it seems very one-sided. It seems like she's fawning over him yeah. and less like he's interested in her. Totally. So it still makes sense for her character to be interested in him afterwards. Yeah. But the reason the mom is still interested is they're just having that little boy toy around. Totally. I actually yeah. adore that theory. And we also do have to remember <laughs> Lindsay Lohan was extremely young when she was acting in this film because I watched the special features guys. I did. And she said, <laughs> That was her first on-screen kiss ever. Oh, wow. So, like, maybe, like, she's... And she'd been acting for a while, though, because she's been acting since she was real tiny. Oh, totally. She was in Parent Trap. She was in, like, four other Disney films. She was she was in a shitload. Actually, she was in another Disney film called Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, where mm-hmm. her romantic interest was, like, 30. Like she Well, what? what? Yeah, really? she was in high school, and she was in love with this guy who like seductively danced with her at the end. She like her boyfriend was in high school. Yay for her. But like the whole thing was like her fawning over this rock star that was like easily in his, her thirties. And he, she was 15. Another Disney film where she like goes after an older man. Okay. Disney has some problems. Disney has some problems. And I think it's time for us to call out Disney on its biggest problem with this film, Uh, which I will uh, summarize with the line. They must've done some Asian voodoo on us. Which, like, how to, how to take what was already a very problematic scene and then use a single line to make it two times worse, yeah. at least. And we, lest we, oh boy. lest we forget, and this is something that truly baffles me, Freaky Friday, this film that we just watched, is based off the original Freaky Friday film that was made in, like, the 60s or the 70s. Mm-hmm. And there is no racism in that one. Or, like, I, I have to rewatch it, maybe there is. But the source of the magic is not quote-unquote weird Chinese voodoo like they added that for this movie yeah yeah that's not a callback to something that's from the past that's something they nope. added in they thought all on their own they thought we need to source this magic somewhere and also what is funnier than a good Chinese caricature 
Like yeah. Disney, mm. Disney added this in, which is fucked. Yeah, this was some straight out yeah. of the 1980s Super Friends, like, attempted cultural inclusion that just comes off as so, so oh. badly racist. Oh, God. And you know what else happened? If you watch the bloopers, which, of course... Oh, no. Oh, um, no. <laughs> if you watch the bloopers, the actress who is playing, not the Chinese mother who owns the restaurant, but they're, they, the the daughter who's, like, the main... Pepe. Pepe, yes. Um, yeah. She, in real life, has no accent... And oh, yeah. drops it in between scenes, and you could hear her, and she sounds uh, like completely American. And they make her do a like cartoonish accent. Oh yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Do you know some director was like, "Yeah, you're just not coming across as Asian enough. Yeah, Can oh. you turn that up?" And then and that, she took a second backstage. She, she furrowed her brow, oh. and then and did that for for the sake yeah. also, of Disney. Yeah, and you also just know, like, I'm sure she came back and she did like an accent and they were like but can you make it like bigger yeah mm-hmm. and you cut are, out a few words yeah you know? they, they are cartoonish even in their like actions when she like taps her nose it's so cartoonish yeah it's such a bad caricature yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and even worse totally unnecessary like so imagine this movie again if it's just an earthquake yeah. they never like try to solve it and it just fixes itself when they learn their lesson yeah Structure doesn't change at all. Yeah. That's the fucking original. There's just it, they just change. Yeah. You oh. don't you don't need an explanation here. None. We're all it can just be a magic earthquake. We already know the premise of Freaky Friday going into this film, and we understand the magical realism. Like, we don't need this absolute horrific bullshit in the middle. Yeah, the, you know, I mean the, the funny thing about this too is when you think about Pepe and her mom and the whole setup in the restaurant, it, first of all you know mom has done this before. Like, this is not a one-off oh, yeah, for it's, her. It's set up as a thing she does. She's got her magic fortune cookies at the ready. She has them out at the wedding. Uh, she has <laughs> these, true. like, various... Yeah, oh, she had them in her back pocket. So, yeah. you know, part of me is is thinking, like, how many times has she done this? How many people haven't reversed their lives uh, and fixed <laughs> themselves? Like, how you many, know, not only... If... How many lawsuits is this restaurant currently yeah. dealing with? Oh, if it was 2020, their Yelp reviews would probably be like really weird. It's like, yeah, the Peking duck is amazing, but I've been stuck inside my father's body for the past five years. We have not learned anything about each other. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it doesn't make sense for it to be based on uh, fortune cookies because fortune cookies are something that was taken from Japanese culture and that Chinese restaurants in North America started doing just because they realized that Americans needed sweet desserts after their meals. So, yeah. So it, for that to be where ancient yeah. magic comes from, it's just like an extra layer of like, wait, what? That and it's weird. So... You know, in the opening credits too, the, uh, they have that little weird montage of all the classical paintings and a couple photos of like daughters and mothers in there. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they have the ones with like, I guess, Jamie Lee Curtis with like a Lindsay Lohan kid riding on her back. But then there is, and it's only jarring because again, it's just randomly diverse in a land of Renaissance paintings and Jamie Lee Curtis. You have the one Asian family that kind of makes their way into the opening credits. And I think it's supposed to be Pepe and her mom. But again, it looks like they're wearing Japanese clothes and not oh, Chinese clothes. God. And yeah, it's it's so weirdly problematic. It's like, oh, this is a mo- movie about mothers and daughters. There's another mother and daughter in here. Let's just throw them into this badly done opening sequence. 
um, but then also possibly just screw up where they're from. Yeah, I don't think it was putting a lot of work into that. No, no, De- it was- definitely not. <laughs> I think, I think, and the the funny thing, well, it's not funny. the The thing is that they must have thought this was a genuine source of comedy because they keep going back to it. Like, it, oh yeah, it, it could just be like mm-hmm. a one and done thing of just the beginning of the movie. But they go back there at lunch to see if they could like solve the riddle. They go back there again yeah. to that joke again at the wedding when at the very end of the film she tries to do it to the grandfather and the grandson. Yeah, like for a really minor infraction that was not even a real argument. <laughs> literally, they did not establish that they needed that kind no. of intervention at all. It was not even that. Pepe's mom grandfather. needs to be stopped. Yeah, that's well. That's what happens at the end of the film. Is Pepe. <laughs> on fucking tackles all of them yeah and the mother just fucking runs away it's so crazy and she runs away to swap again oh my god and that's the end of the movie like that's what we're what we're left with (laughs) and actually no that's not true Lindsay lohan sings ultimate which is a a banger yeah, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> song. oh my god i'm so happy you know it Oh, uh, that okay. I gotta say, I do live for the soundtrack of that movie because I am very oh. much like a person who enjoyed that sort of like punk rock, quote unquote, not really punk rock, like pop punk. Let's be honest. Let's not try yes. to make it too tough sounding, Kirk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that sort of like '98 to like 2008, like whiny teen boy band punk thing. I don't know. I dig that. Oh so God. if you like that, this movie definitely has that in space. Like, yeah, like Bowling for Soup, Simple Plan, yeah, um, American Hi Fi. Like totally. it's, it's solid. It's a solid soundtrack, uh, but definitely dated. Definitely puts it in a certain place. That's so funny. This is so, this is. Yeah, it's very much, I think what everyone was playing in high school at the time I was in high school. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's definitely appealing to the teens of that specific time in like space. I, I literally last night we're in quarantine. There is a virtual emo night that happens out of LA <laughs> that I go to like every week. Oh, amazing. And it's, so much it's all that shit it's fucking paramore it's my chemical romance it's fallout boy it's the best so i just you know what i'm gonna plug them right now but yeah so wait what what, what do you take in from this experience you go and what they you're in like a, is that the bands playing over a virtual or yeah. so it's a twitch stream and also they just playing it like a dj yeah there's one dj he has the mic and also chooses all the songs that we hear and you see everybody dancing from all over the world it's pretty cool oh so you just Kinda go nice. go ahead and dance on it yeah, you dance. But I wasn't in the Zoom call. I was just watching, and I was like, "Oh, I wish I could get in." But you could see people like dancing by themselves in their rooms. It's so cute. But it's oh, that's this wholesome. Is my that's last wholesome. resort. So it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking right. I used the word wholesome, and then I remembered. Oh, wait, it's emo. It's very angsty. Yeah. So maybe wholesome. Know, then, that's probably and, not how they want me to experience. Yeah, them. and some people like take breaks from their moshing to like eat spaghetti for their dinner. So the, the camera sometimes comes to them and they're not dancing anymore. They're just silently eating pasta. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Anyways. It's like an episode oh. of the soup. You know what that yeah, reminded me of the Papa Roach one there? They're just the last resort. Yeah. Just talking about yeah. things that are problematic in this movie. Uh, yes. When they have the dinner table scene at the start and they're mm-hmm. having their little angst exchange about the door being removed and yeah. Lindsay Lohan just very casually drops, well, maybe I'll go kill myself. Yeah, oh my just, God. I she, sat there and I was just like, "Oh, that like that like it, the, the fact that in 2003 that was like, oh yeah, that's that's well, that obviously shows that there's conflict between the mom and the daughter, and haha, silly teenager." And now you're like, uh, "That probably shouldn't be so cash." 
it's not responsible to put it in a film and also kind of believable that a teenager would do it, but also not believable that a psychiatrist mom wouldn't react to that more yeah. realistically. Oh, yeah. That's a great, like a very specific type of, she's just the exact occupation that should react to that more seriously than she does. Has nothing to say about it. It's so true. And like, they have nothing. Oh, no, she's brushes she, she it off. She uses yeah. none of her therapists. She uses none of her therapist tactics on her own daughter, which oh, like, for sure. I mean, she shouldn't be therapizing her daughter, but like she should at least be like having mature emotional conversations with her daughter. But that's it. That's the thing. Lindsay Lohan is giving us a version of the teenager that is not the version that Jimmy Lee Curtis is giving us. Because once we are in Jimmy Lee Curtis's body, she would never say, I'm going to kill myself. She's just a yeah. believable teenager in an adult's body. But like when Lindsay Lohan's at the beginning, she is a whiny brat. I think the end of this film is a lot stronger than the start of this film. The start of this film is just trying to set up a bunch of stuff that they want to do later. And it ends up feeling rushed and not necessarily connecting because it's just trying to hit those foreshadow points. The end of this film does have some moments that, yeah, are generally sweet and 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 some fun. But yeah, that's the start that's kind of weak and where a lot of the problems end up coming from. All right. Um I want to go a little bit more personal now and ask us, like, let's assume this magic is coming just from earthquakes and not from problematic things. Who do you think the magic would try to swap with you with oh, so that God. you could understand them better? Oh. Is there anyone uh, in your life or a type of person in your life that you think magic would go, you got to figure that person out and what hijinks would ensue? <laughs> I have no idea what's going to come out of this, but I'm curious what you guys will say. That is a terrifying question. Horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have to be a mom or a dad. There's got to be someone else. It's so funny because if I was a teenager right now, I would say my mom. Like that's that's the like when you're an angsty teen and you have like a, a butting heads relationship that 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 to me reads the most realistic that it's a, a teenage mother and daughter. Um, and if I was a teenager, I would probably say my mom. But now as an adult, I don't know my dog. Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> um. A racist Disney executive. That I mean, that I could be a fun film too. Rachel and her dog switching. <laughs> My dog's just living her best life, and I'm just so confused. <laughs> uh, maybe a racist Disney executive that, like, I can't understand. <laughs> uh, One day, Rachel just shows up on a podcast, and she's being wholly problematic. Yeah, I'm like what the bringing fuck? fortune cookies to the board meeting. It's it's not good. <laughs> Oh God! I am concerned. Yeah, that like if the magic was just making on who I understand the least, they would have me body swap with a racist, and I'd be like, I just don't know. I know. Just stop. It's a very different time for body swapping right now because I feel like (laughs) it is anyone we really and wholeheartedly like are butting heads with have like principally morally different beliefs than us that can't really be rectified through a body swapping situation. Yeah, I don't think it's strong enough. I think it's good for maybe for yeah generations and stuff of yeah. of parents and children who who st- still deeply love each other, even though they have trouble understanding each other. But yeah, in everyday life, oh, that could that could cause some trouble. Yeah, oh, I feel that like I'm in a weird shoulder age for it because realistically speaking, I am now of the age where I'm closer to Jamie Lee Curtis than I am to Lindsay Lohan, uh, which would mean oh, that I would be getting swapped with a teenager. And uh, I'm not close <laughs> to any teenagers that I feel I should be swapping bodies with. That's a weird statement. Well, but Kirk, it's... that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I'm Watch your phrasing. I'm going to say uh, that's that. pretty positive that you don't have yeah. any immediate teenagers at your side. 
Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's a good thing. I pride myself on that. Uh, but then <laughs> the flip side is, you know, like if, once you're, once you're past a certain age, you think about who would I swap into that I would be older with? Like, would it make sense for me to do a swap with my dad when, you know, we've now come to a stage where we, we've either, you know, come to understandings about each other's lives or, um, you know, after having all that understanding, all of a sudden go into his life and then risk discovering, oh my God, my dad actually blank or, oh, this is something I didn't know that I can't unlearn. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. So that, that's a, that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of who I would benefit from, I don't know, you know what, maybe, maybe I like just put me on like some, in some Bay street, uh, stockbroker's mind and like, just give me some hot stock tips. I'll do some insider trading the next day and like make money in my real life. Um, that's oh, not that's how the magic smart. would work, though. I'd have to come to some sort of realization of something. <laughs> yeah, you don't get out I of it until you make a realization. Yeah, mm, not I a didn't think limit. about using it for like financial or successful gain. I, that's that's very good. And you know what? And then you could like, and that would yeah. actually be against the, that would be against the fortune cookie if you used it for financial gain, um, because yeah, you have so. to come, you have to understand yourself and find true love or whatever mm. the trick. Language yeah, but if the Wall Street, well, the, the punishment for not doing that is just you get st- you stay in that body. Right. So if you get into like a Wall Street banker who's rich, and he, otherwise he's fine, and you don't mind living his life, then yeah. poor guy gets stuck in poor Kirk's body. <laughs> but, poor Kirk, hey, my body's my body's not in a bad shape right now. I'm doing okay. No, you're you're in very good shape. I, that's not the part of the body I was saying. Like the poor, the literally poor part of the body is what I was saying. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, compared yeah, to a Wall Street, Street broker, yeah, that's. That's yeah. true. That There's going to be, be headlines coming out everywhere. My poor was very literal. Yeah, yeah okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> all the headlines are going to start saying, like, RBC I, CEO gives charity to all the arts organizations. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, if I was a movie executive pitching the body swap for you, Kirk, you, you are a kindergarten teacher. So having you body swap with a, a, uh, a kindergartner oh, yeah. would be the more fun movie. Oh, yeah. yes, that's brilliant. But that yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious, except I know kids in my class who 100% like are at an emotional maturity level that I am at, um, not in oh, terms no. of like, I'm at a low immer- emotional maturity level, but there are just some smart friggin' kids in my class who could totally run the class for a day. If you put Aww. them into an adult body, I would have no doubt that they could do that just because their emotional intelligence is, is that, that awesome. That's uh, awesome. You could just play with Play-Doh all day. Oh my God. Yeah. That's see, that's again though. That's like using it for my own personal gain, just yeah, letting someone else do my lesson plans. So you know, ne- you never get back. <laughs> you become a kindergarten. And you're like, you know what? This is fine. Yeah, okay. it's good. I'm going to relive my life. I'm going to like not do the bad things that I did. I'm going to fix those oh, yeah. mistakes. And the I'm just going to like treat this as a reboot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, it'll be a little awkward at times, but uh, maybe it's the best thing for both of us. Yeah. I like that. All right. I have one last conspiracy theory about this film. I want to see if you guys agree with me on this one. It is noted that the grandpa yeah. reacts viscerally to earthquakes throughout this film. Oh, yeah. Every time he suspects an earthquake, oh, yeah. he goes running. Is it possible that this is because earthquakes happen whenever a body swap happens and he has been body swapped previously? Ooh, that's a good hmm. point. I thought, because it's so funny, it's earthquake specific, because I thought at first, like, oh, maybe he's some sort of, like, war veteran or something like that, but it's earth, it's not booms, it's not like, oh, they're attacking, it's specifically earthquakes that he's afraid of, so someone would have to assume that he has something in his past that specifically is triggered by earthquakes, so either, like, he lives in, in an area of California with a lot of deadly earthquakes, or... 
You're absolutely right. I think that's a really good theory. It's earthquakes and to a lesser extent thongs are what trigger him. Oh my god. <laughs> the fucking ugh, all the that's another thing of like, oh, a boy has a thong. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it I think it's I think your theory could hold weight, Maddox, because mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it would have to do with something that the fact that now he's older and has lost memory of those swaps because it's established in the movie that once uh, Lohan and Curtis swap back, they both remember everything that happened, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it would seem to me that if grandpa, if, if grandpa knew that this magic was going on and he saw this weird behavior between his, uh, I guess, daughter and granddaughter that he might be clued into the fact that this is happening, that they may have body swapped, but because he's not either, it's not something he's familiar with, or he's just aged and gotten to the point where his brain is deteriorated and he doesn't remember it, uh, which is a, which is a much sadder thing. Cause who knows how many full lives he's led before being reduced <laughs> to a character creature who just runs away yelling earthquake. Yeah, he maybe has has swapped many, many times, but he's forgotten all these specific instances, just has that visceral reaction to earthquakes now because of all the swaps he's been through. He He knows that it leads to a traumatic day. Hey, Pepe refers to him not as as Mr. uh, I guess Mr. Coleman, because I guess he's he's Tess's dad, right, in the movie? Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? She refers to him not as Mr. Coleman. She refers to him as Grandpa. So maybe that indicates that he's been at that restaurant so much that maybe he has a de facto grandpa role in Pepe's life. I love maybe that. Maybe there's a thing with Pepe's yeah. mom and grandpa that we don't even know about. I, yeah, that would mean that, that she's going around swapping him all the time every chance she gets. Yeah. I want that movie. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> Freaky grandpa. <laughs> Freaky grandpa. <laughs> Freaky grandpa. The life of a many body swapped grandpa. A 17-year-old later sequel <laughs> based oh on Freaky God. Friday. On the two oldest characters in the movie. Where everyone is super familiar yeah, with I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it for sure. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. This is the most niche thing ever, but Rachel Manson is first in line. Guys, there's a market. There's a market. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so thanks so much for joining me, guys. We've uh, talked to this movie uh, through and had some fun talking about it. Uh, so thanks for coming with me, and we'll have another movie review next week. Bye. Bye. Well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod, email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com, join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Kirk McCullough, check out Cadley Bruper on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and their monthly improv duo show, Duo Derby, still running new shows virtually every month. For more Rachel Manson, check out her podcast about witchcraft, tarts and craft, on the Sonar Network, or her web series, Comedians Getting High and Watching Hallmark Movies, which is exactly what it sounds like. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for?
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Hey, listener. Do you follow hashtag witch stuff on Instagram? Do you own a tarot deck even though you quote-unquote don't believe in that stuff? Did your weird aunt give you a crystal and you kind of liked it? Has your family told you to stop talking about the 1980s satanic panic and how unfair it was to actual Satanists? This may be the podcast for you. We're not witches. But we want to find out if we are witches. We're doing research. But also going by our hearts and minds. You can expect episodes with actual experts. But also just two comedians riffing about the moon. We have Wikipedia and Google Scholar. And we're willing to use either of them, but not much else. Join us on our journey. Tarts and craft. That one felt good. Yeah, that one felt good. That felt good. Let's listen up. Hey there, my name is Abbas Wahab, comedian and host of The Immigrant Section, my weekly podcast where I bring on other comics, artists, and interesting people from all different backgrounds of life. And we just get to chatting about what's going on today, sharing funny stories and cultural tips and everything in between. Uh, Whether you're an immigrant raised by one or just like watching cultures collide, this is a podcast for you. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts at or go to the sonarnetwork.com and make sure to subscribe to the immigrant section. Remember, not listening is racist. <laughs>